It's the H-Dog Pod with your host, Michael the Hound Dog Harrison. Hey, welcome to episode eight of the H-Dog Pod, the Troy Aikman edition of the podcast. I'm flying soul this week after having two wonderful guests the last two episodes in TSN Zone, Bob Weeks and Rod Smith. They were awesome to have on. I mentioned uh, there, Troy Aikman off the top. I'll get to him in a second. But first of all, I want to give a shout out to all the listeners through these first seven episodes of the podcast. Really enjoy uh, bringing these episodes to you guys. And in particular, I want to uh, give a shout out to people from Mountain View, California in Ashburn, Virginia. It says here on my stats on the website, uh, I'm getting quite a few listeners from there, which I'm, I'm very curious about because I don't uh, know anybody, I don't believe, from Virginia and uh, Mountain View, California. So reach out to me on social media. I'm very curious as to, uh, as to who that is. But thank you for listening to everyone, whether it be in the States, in Canada, or anywhere else. Thank you for listening to these episodes. And I also want to give a shout out to uh, Grant Nabesy Roberts. He's a that great uh, TSN audio uh, operator. He makes these uh, episodes sound good. He edits them together. He's amazing, and uh, without him, this wouldn't be as awesome, obviously, because he's uh, the best. But like I said, I mentioned Troy Aikman off the top. Hall of Fame Cowboys quarterback, obviously. Now, I've had great friends brag back in the day. That makes it sound like I don't have any friends now. Dang. I just, did I just t- tattle on myself there? Ugh. Yeah, it sounds like I don't really have any friends now. But I had great friends, or I have great friends. I don't know. The Karadakis brothers, big Cowboys fans. They put my face in the snow as a kid because I, they, they made me say that Troy Aikman was the best quarterback of all time, which I obviously, I said, no, no, it's like John Kitna and like Matt Hasselbeck and all these other quarterbacks that Seattle had that obviously weren't as good as Troy Aikman. But I'm here to, to tell you, Troy Aikman is nowhere near as good of a quarterback that Dallas has ever had. Obviously, you could have like Roger Staubach and uh, perhaps Chad Hutchinson. Tony Romo was a better quarterback than, uh, than Troy Aikman. Did you know Aikman only had one season where he had more than 20, where he had 20 or more touchdowns? Well, just one season. I know he won the three Super Bowls, and I know it wasn't quite the same league as it was when uh, Romo played, although it wasn't that far off. It was only a decade away. He only had one season with 20 or more touchdown passes. Romo had seven. That's right, seven. So Spiros, Chris, Costas, Karadakis brothers, just give it up. Well, I've had this debate for them for so long. Troy Aikman isn't as good. Yes, he won. Like I said, he won the three Super Bowls, so obviously people are going to judge that, just like people are going to say Eli Manning is an automatic Hall of Fame quarterback because he won the two Super Bowls. That's another story. I'll probably rant about that one. I know Eli Manning's going to get in the in the Hall of Fame, even even though he probably shouldn't, to be honest with you. I would still take Phillip Rivers in a, uh, over Eli Manning, but I get it. Championships, they mean a lot. I, uh, obviously, that's that's the main goal. But having said that, as Larry David would say, Tony Romo, a better quarterback than Troy Aikman. Uh, Aikman was 23 games above 500. Romo was 29 for those who think maybe you know Romo wasn't clutch or whatever or didn't win a lot of games, blah, blah, blah. Aikman, eh, eh. When you look at his numbers, yes, he had Emmett Smith. He also had Michael Irvin. Like, okay, why didn't he get him? He, he had 19 was his high, second high watermark of touchdown passes. Just over one a game was his average for, 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 for his second highest watermark of touchdown passes in the season. That's crazy. I want to take people to task. On a, a couple of days ago in Toronto, unfortunately, there was an Amber Alert, which was very, very scary. Whenever you get an Amber Alert on your phone, it happens to be oftentimes in the middle of the night. A 14-year-old boy was uh, kidnapped. Thank God he was rescued and he was okay. But it, he was taken a hostage because his, I believe it was his stepbrother, owed $4 million in money uh, to the cartel for cocaine. $4 bucks. Holy. 
It never fails. Society never fails. There are trolls and or just human beings who aren't even trying to troll who complain about getting these Amber Alerts. And they're like, oh my God, it's so loud. It woke me up in the middle of the night. They're so annoying. They're useless. What are you talking about? The whole reason that they have these Amber Alerts and, that, and, that, and for the sound to be so startling is because that's the point. They're trying to startle you and make sure you actually hear it. If it was just a, a, a last tiny little bing, well, you probably wouldn't even pay attention to it and you wouldn't even notice if you're sleeping. So stop complaining about there being Amber Alerts. The whole point is, wouldn't you rather have a kid being safe? But again, like I said, it never fails. People complain all the time on Twitter and it takes a special type of stupid to not only think that this is annoying. I get it. If you're in, if you're sleeping in the middle of the night, it would be startling. I'm not suggesting it wouldn't be, of course. That's a, that, another thing, by the way. Side tangent on that. Just put your phone on silent. Who who goes to sleep and doesn't put their phone on silent? Are you a monster? Yeah, I answered my own question, actually. That was a rhetorical question. You are a monster. If you don't put your phone on silent when you sleep, what are you doing? Why would you want to hear uh, text messaging uh, bings uh, or, or phone calls or whatever? That's just craziness to me. So, people, if you're that bad and you really don't want to hear these potential Amber Alerts or anything, then put... So, the, the, of course, that's the thing. I only have my phone on in case of emergencies. This is an emergency, you idiot. It's an Amber Alert. It's unbelievable to me. So, of course, you're so self-centered and you're such assholes. Pardon the French. Seriously, you're self-centered and you write that on there. It's, un, it's incredible how many people, like I said, online on Twitter will write, oh my God, it's so awful that I, I got woken up. And then, then of course, there's those people who call 911 to complain about it. Oh my Lord. I can't even imagine being on the other end of that phone call and just being like, hey, hey, you want to, of course, say a lot of mm, mean and nasty words to the person, obviously. And you don't, but I'm sure. But oh, good God, man. Are you actually serious? You're calling 911 to complain about an Amber Alert? Get a grip, people. Seriously. It's unbelievable. I can't, I honestly can't understand it. It drives me crazy. As you can tell, people are so dumb nowadays. And I know it's, it's not the majority of the people. I know 99% of people are good in this world. You see online the horrible people, the trolls, people saying really nasty and mean things. And it's easy to pick those out and parse them and think, oh, everybody's like this. I know. I'm not saying everybody is. Having said that, there are so many people who, I, I looked at hashtag Amber Alerts on Twitter, and pretty much every single person, it wasn't uh, conveying concern for what was going on, it was just literally to complain so much. Unbelievable. And oh, by the way, uh, spoiler alert, those people uh, who uh, took the kid hostage for the $4 million for their cocaine money, spoiler alert, you're probably not going to get your money. Eh, just saying. And speaking of those spoilers that I just mentioned, it is incredible how many people nowadays need, they feel the need, I think it's like a wielding of a power or something over people, they feel the need to spoil stuff for people, and they they really, really enjoy, they get like a perverse sense of uh, satisfaction or something like that, out of, oh, I, I'm hanging this over your head, I know this information, especially when it comes to TV shows. Let me give you an example. A few years ago, I was at work, a co-worker said to me, I go, I go whoa, whoa. It's a Survivor finale tonight. I have not watched the two previous episodes to this one. So do not tell me anything about the show. I'm excited for the finale. I will watch all three episodes tonight. Do not tell me anything about the finale. Blah, blah, blah. Of course, they go, oh, yeah, I really want these two people to win. And I, by the way, do you see how I just did there? Just in case you didn't see that Survivor season, I didn't say their names. Because then I, then I would be the problem. I would be the one spoiling it. I digress. So the, the person goes, oh, yeah, no, I, I really want these people to win. Okay. And they named like the four people they wanted to win. Thanks. Now I know who didn't win. 
They're, what are you? What are you talking about? Yeah, by you naming the four people who are in the final four, you've essentially told me who lost the two previous episodes, and they couldn't wrap their heads around it. I'm like, this is so obvious. There were six people left. There was two episodes I did not watch, didn't see the episodes. So obviously, if there's four people left, and you've named all four people, obvious deduction. I clearly know who the two people who lost were, and they couldn't wrap their head around it. That is incredible. That's that's. Uh, one part of the spoilers. Other people who like to spoil just they, they love to tweet immediately when when stuff's going on, and not everybody is able to watch a TV show in live time. Most of the time, people use PVR. That's the beauty of it, right? You don't need to watch your shows as it happens. I understand if it's like a sporting event, that's a little bit different. Yes, sometimes I'll watch stuff on delay, but for the most part, I get it. You're not going to be uh, you're pretty much probably watching live, especially if it's toward the end of the game. But a TV show, very very different different. And oftentimes, yes, you're not watching right away. And people will tweet about this big, big time moments. It's incredible. It's amazing how many people feel the need to throw that out there. Just to, just to, And then, of course, that's the other thing. If you're talking to someone and you know they like a show, like the other day I was talking to someone at work. I was going to talk about Survivor. And I said, wait a minute. There's another person in the room that I know likes Survivor. So I said, hey, have you seen the show? Good. Yes. Okay. Now we can discuss. It's a very simple thing. But so many people just immediately start saying something. I remember a couple years years ago on a golf course, uh, I was golfing, shocker, and it was a Breaking Bad toward the end of the finale, and some big, big character, something happened to them in the in the, in the final season, and this person had was like way behind on on Breaking Bad, so I didn't, I never made sure to uh, made sure never to spoil the stuff, uh, the episodes for him, and of course. He says a major character, something that happened to them out of nowhere. There's no, no lead up, nothing, just boom, just says it. It's like, oh my God. Yes, I hadn't seen that episode because it was on the night before. I was golfing at 8 in the morning, wasn't able to watch it beforehand. It's like, I just don't understand why people feel either feel the need to uh, wield it over you as if they have some power and to try to be like, ha ha, I have these answers and I, I have, the, I have the, the information over you or to just blurt out stuff or whatever. Now, the question is, what's the statute of limitations on that? Uh, on how long can you go before you say, okay, dude, come on. Come on, dude. You've obviously listened or you've obviously had a chance to watch this episode. I would say if it's a show going on a, a day, maybe two. Like, obviously, it'd be nice if no one uh, spoiled things for a while, but I get it. You're, you're going to be wanting to talk to people about it. A day or two, I think, is, uh, is the absolute most. But again, it's, all, it's simple. Just say, hey, have you watched the episode? Yes? No? That's it. But it's... In, Amazing how many people love to spoil stuff and they are so freaking annoying. Apparently, I have a bee in my bonnet in this episode because I am, am literally just. I'm triggering myself with all this stuff. I'm getting angry and upset, and no one's even bothering me. It's just me. I'm getting upset with me. But another thing that drives me absolutely crazy is uh, people who hate the Toronto Maple Police. That's fine. You don't have to like them, but it's incredible to me, especially Montreal Canadian fans, how many times. It, Montreal Canadian fans hate the Toronto Maple Leafs more than they love their own team, which is incredible because the Montreal Canadiens are much, much worse than, than Toronto this year. Toronto probably will make, have a playoff spot. They've just lost three in a row on the West Coast to uh, San Jose, L.A., and Anaheim, so it's a little bit perilous. I think they still will get in. But when they won the three games preceding that, of course, all the Canadians fans on Twitter, oh, plan the parade, oh, all the Leaf fans think we're winning the Cup. No, no sane Leaf fan actually thinks they're going to win the Cup. You never know in hockey. The St. Louis Blues last year were the worst team in hockey midway through January, and they went all the way to win the Stanley Cup over the Bruins. So get in the playoffs. You have a shot. Hockey playoffs are crazy madness. You never know. 
Do I think the Maple Leafs have a chance to win the Cup? Hell no. But they have a shot anyway, if, as long as they get in. A t- something the Montreal Canadiens definitely will not uh, have this year. But it's like, oh, when the Leafs win three in a row, everyone, oh, plan the parade. No Leaf fans are saying that. That doesn't happen. That's not that's not a real thing. Of course, now the Leafs have lost three in a row. It's like, oh, all the Leaf fans said that. Oh man, the Leafs, you guys must be so pissed now. It's like we know this Leafs team is inconsistent. We know they're going to win three games in a row, then probably lose three in a row. They're probably going to squeak in, like I said, third in the Atlantic because Florida's even worse than them. But I don't understand why Habs fans feel this need to. I know they're trying to poke the bear, and they've poked it successfully, obviously, because I'm upset about it. And that's the, that's the other thing I always hate, especially when the Leafs were a horrible team for a long time there for over a decade. When Leaf fans, a supposed Leaf fans, would cheer for the Montreal Canadiens in the playoffs. That disgusts me. No Montreal Canadiens, this is actually, I do give them the credit, Canadian fans. No Montreal Canadian fans cheer for the Maple Leafs in the playoffs. Why? Because they're, they're your biggest rival. No chance would you want that to happen. But Leaf fans, oh, well, yeah, the Leafs are out. Montreal's the only Canadian team left, so I guess I have to cheer for them. No! No, you don't have to cheer for them! They're your biggest rival! Why in the world would you want your team that would be able to gloat, speaking of gloating, which they like to do with Canadians, Canadians fans about the Maple Leafs, and I understand when the Canadians lose, I love to gloat about that as well. But why would you want the Canadians to win a cup, or the Senators, or whatever, whoever your biggest, even the Sabres to a lesser extent, for Leaf fans, they'd be able to have bragging rights, but the Sabres have been uh, basically, for the last decade, uh, you know, nondescript. Why would you, oh, I want to cheer for the Canadians because they're a Canadian team. Who cares? Who cares? I don't get it. They're a team that you're supposed to hate. Unfortunately, my generation of fans, Toronto, Montreal, haven't really met in the, well, they haven't met in the playoffs in forever. So that's why there isn't quite that hatred. It came oh so close in 1993. We won't even get into the the high sticking in game six, as Rod Smith in the last episode talked about with Kerry Frazier there. The Leafs probably should have made the cup final, not Wayne Gretzky and the Kings. The Leafs and the Canadians in the Cup Final in 93 would have been electric, or the uh, 2002 Eastern Conference Final would have been amazing. And there's a couple other times they could have made it in the first round uh, a few years ago, and it, and it didn't happen. If they did meet in the playoffs, then yes, it would be crazy. I'm sure the rivalry would be back. But don't. If you're a Leaf fan, do not do it. And here's the other thing. No, you can't cheer for two teams in the same division. Oh, I'm a big Leaf fan. Oh, I'm also a big Bruins fan. What are you talking about? It's like, oh, I'm a Yankees fan, but I'm cheering for the Boston Red Sox too. Are you kidding? Again, how is it possible? Even people with two teams, that's another story. People with two teams, I can kind of get on board with that. Like maybe they're in the uh, opposite conference. I still love my, own, I have my one and only teams all the time. I, but I get if you have two teams, as long as they're not directly rivals competing against each other in the same division. It's crazy to me when people are like, oh yeah, no, the Leafs and the Bruins, they're my two favorite teams. What on God's earth are you talking about? When I was ranting about spoilers earlier, I was talking about Survivor, which so far, it's not a spoiler. All I'm saying is it's actually been a pretty good season so far. And I'm enjoying Survivor Winners at War. Uh, I will be on the next episode of the podcast. I'm going to have a former co-host of my Going for Broke podcast, Adam Scully, on. And for sure, we'll talk about The Bachelor because it's coming down to the final two episodes. Uh, I'm recording this on the Saturday. The next couple days, on Monday and the Tuesday, is a two-part finale. And they say, oh, it's a credible finale you've never seen before, blah, blah, blah. They say that every year. I'm sure not much is going to go on. But on the next episode, I'm sure Scully and I will delve deeply into what exactly is going to happen? I have a pretty uh, hot take theory of what, what will happen, which would be incredible. There is a reality show that I do want you to watch. There's two on Netflix that everyone's been talking about lately, the last month or so. Love is Blind. 
I've only seen a few episodes. That's not going to be my hugest recommendation. It's pretty interesting, although it's a full hour of the episodes. I don't know why. I have this, like, this, this mind block. 40-minute episodes, great. Or obviously half-hour comedies, like their 20-minute episodes, even better. Full hour, oh, it just feels like now we're getting into territory of a, you know, of a movie. And I will watch like four episodes of 40 minutes, or say it's three episodes of 40 minutes, so basically two hours. But will I, will I watch two one-hour episodes or even one one-hour episode? Ugh, probably not, let's be honest. So Love is Blind, that's a show on Netflix. I've seen it a little bit. I feel that's, that's, a, that's a show you sort of watch uh, in the background when you're doing something else. But the show I do want to recommend, and now, is called The Circle. It's a social media experiment reality show where the, the contestants never actually see each other at all, which is kind of fascinating. And they are in separate rooms, and they're only communicating through social media. So the, the people might be real people, they may, or they may be purporting to be... Purporting? Is that, is that the right word? I don't know. They're pretending to be someone else, and they're catfish. So there might be a guy who's pretending to be a girl, or a girl's pretending to be more attractive, or a guy pretending to be worse than he is, or whatever the case may be. It's a very fascinating social media experiment. Uh, social, easy for me to say, eh? Social media experiment. But uh, the, I will say... The first episode in a bit, I wasn't quite sure because on all these reality shows, Big Brother Canada, by the way, just started. I haven't watched that yet, but same with all these shows, like, like Big Brother. They, they come in, they want to have these contestants be like really crazy personalities and, oh man, I'm so wild, oh, I'm nuts. And it's like, shut up, you just seem like a douchebag. Every single contestant seems that way. So that sort of happened a little bit on the circle initially, so I was like, I'm not so sure if I'm into the show. Maybe, I don't know. But that turned out, it was actually very, very fascinating. Uh, again, I'm not going to spoil anything, but that'd be crazy, right? If I were ranting about spoilers and all of a sudden I was like, oh yeah, this person did really well on the show, then you'd be like, you're, uh, you're, you're uh, what's the word, uh, being hypocritical. Uh, basically, I'd be living an oxymoron myself. No, I'm not going to say that, but I will say, watch the episodes. It starts a little slowly because, like I said, the people kind of seem like a little douchebaggy kind of thing, but they become real people. Like or the the, pe- the people that they're pretending to to play in the show. It's a very very fascinating fascinating social media experiment. Twelve episodes on there. I think the first one. Uh, that's why I, w- I was hesitant at first to get into it. I believe the first episode was like an hour in a bit, which I was like I don't know. But then I, I looked at the other episodes and they were like forty forty five or something like that, which I could totally get on board with. Watch a circle. Twelve episodes. It's big around the world. I'm pretty sure that Netflix has to make more of these episodes because it really 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 uh, was a a pretty cool show. Uh, I definitely would recommend that one. Thank you for listening to episode eight of this H Dog Pod. A lot of rants today. Ooh, boy, that's uh, that was a. Uh, I was. It seemed like I was really, really angry. Eh? Maybe I should like take a break, take a chill pill or something there, bud. Eh? Holy. But uh, no, I swear I'm not that angry. But like, but I am angry about the Amber Alert thing. Honestly, that is unbelievable. These people just they're just just such dicks. Honestly, can I say that? Of course I could say that. It's my it's my own podcast. I could say wherever fudge I want. Those people, Amber Alerts, calling 911, just get out of here, man. Just stop. Just stop. It takes a special kind of stupid to not only think these things and be angry about it, but then to call or tweet about it. That takes a, a special type of person to be that stupid and dumb, to be thinking these things in their head, and then to actually be throwing these things out into the ethers. And, like, I would imagine people might lose their jobs if uh, potential bosses see them tweeting about that. It's definitely happened before. I'm sure it'll happen again. So yes, I am very angry about that. Spoilers to a lesser extent. Woo, my voice went up there. That was weird. Spoilers to a lesser extent. People, just ask someone. Do have you seen the episode? It's so simple. 
It really is. It's not that difficult. And don't say people who have left the episode, or, or that's another classic one I, did, I didn't mention earlier. When, when someone said, or you're talking about someone on the show, and they're like, yeah, that, they, they were cool. Or yeah, that person was uh, fun. Thank you for the past tense. Now I know they're gone off the episode. You wouldn't say if someone was still in the show, was, or, you know, it's like, just use your brain. Think about it. Now, maybe if it were me, I would maybe try to throw someone off the scent and say that just to make them think that it was, was but it actually still is because they're still on the show. But mainly, people don't, uh, they just say those types of words and it's like, oh, thanks. Cool, man. Thanks you uh, for ruining the whole episode. Anyway, I digress. I'm going back into my rants again. Thank you for listening to episode eight of the H Dog Pod. Episode 9, Adam Scully, my boy from the uh, Going For Book podcast and the producer of Golf Talk Canada. I will have him in studio as a guest for the podcast. Thank you for listening. Bye. This has been the H-Dog Pod with host Michael the Hound Dog Harrison. 